Hello and welcome to Your Thoughts Podcast. My name is Tyler Beck. I have Ryan, no last name. We're going to discuss religion. It's Religion with Ryan Part 3. Just like Jesus, it takes three to come back. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing great, man. The world is ending as we know it. And that is why we are going to talk about today's topic, the biblical apocalypse. Dun, dun, dun. Nice. Terrifying. <laughs> So, um, dear God, <laughs> I do have my Bible here opened up to the book of Revelations. I dog-eared it. I know don't crucify me, pun intended, uh, because I don't have a bookmark. I forgot to grab a bookmark that's on me. So I do have it open to the book of Revelation and all throughout 2020, I keep seeing posts about people saying, ah, oh, the end times, the end times, the end times are coming. Jesus is coming. So. We're going to talk about that today. All right. It's very apropos for us to talk about the end times in 2020, as we all know. <laughs> yeah. And right after our predictions episode, which should be out by now. Yeah, it should be out before this. Yeah. At least I hope so, because I referenced talking about this episode in the last one. <laughs> yeah, they'll be back to back. All right. So I think it's important to start off with um, what do you guys think about when you hear about the book of revelation or the biblical apocalypse are you asking the fans or are you asking us both well mm. you too both you too <laughs> if you're talking to us we can't hear you but oh, okay <laughs> um so when i think of revelations revelation revelation yeah it's a common misconception there's no s at the end non-plural mm-hmm. got it um just off the surface not really knowing much about uh, the section of the Bible, which is Revelation going off of the name. Yeah, what comes to mind? What imagery? When you hear uh, the book of Revelation, when you hear someone say the end is nigh, what do you think of? Makes It makes me think of like a, uh, like a sudden understanding. Okay. Just based on the title. Um, I don't really know anything about the subject. So when someone says it's the biblical apocalypse, you don't hear or you don't think of any imagery, any... When I hear that, I associate it with the Bible or Christianity, but I don't associate it with this chapter because I don't, I don't really know much about the chapter. Yeah, but what do you, what do you think of is what I'm asking. Oh, uh, like the Christian hellfire and like uh, antichrist kind of stuff. Okay. Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Yeah. Dogs and cats. <laughs> You remember that scene from Terminator 2 where she has like this premonition of everything going to hell and just burning alive? That's what I picture. That's what you picture? That's what I picture. Mm. Okay. Judgment Day. So you guys don't think about scorpion, horse, locust, lady faces with chest armor and helmets stinging people? Nope, not at all. Fire-breathing Jews? Uh, Fire-breathing maybe, but not necessarily Jews. <laughs> How about a... Seven-headed monster with ten heads, or sorry, seven-headed monster with ten crowns, just wreaking havoc on the world. Ten crowns? How are you going to fit ten crowns on seven heads? Exactly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so this is why we're going to talk about it. As so much as I see it being referenced online of it's the end times, it's the biblical apocalypse. We're going to talk about what actually is in the Book of Revelation. Hmm. So let me start off with. Uh, another question what do you guys think of when i say hey i'll be over in a little bit how long do you think that is uh that could be anything 10 minutes 
20 minutes? An hour. Would you say 1,990 years and counting? No, that that seems a little <laughs> excessive for a little bit. I mean, if you survive that long, you can come over, but I ain't going to beat her. <laughs> <laughs> so that is uh, essentially what we're dealing with right now. So Jesus was born somewhere between 4 BC and 6 AD. He lived about 30 years. Oh, you know what? I, I forgot my manners. Leo is on oh, my... Oh, dear. Oh, we, we did not dear. introduce you. We are so sorry, Leo. I was waiting for him. Just like, we, we're going to repent. Gonna take him to realize. My bad. We're going to repent good, right now. They don't need to know we're me. We're repenting. <laughs> I, forgive me for I have sinned. <laughs> yeah. uh, Our camera operator, Leo, is on the third mic tonight. We're going to have some, some more biblical commentary. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and we are, like I said, 1,990 years and counting, depending on where you see Jesus dying. He was either 30. So from when Revelation is supposed to happen? No. So Revelation was written, it's considered either two dates, just like with Jesus's birth, because, you know, sure, all true things have a little bit of ambiguity, sure. <laughs> so we uh, Revelation was either written in the late 60s or the... Uh, 90s ad of uh, ad ad yeah so like no more defined time than that the reason why is because what we're going to get into with actually what it says and what revelation means it's more likely in the late 60s and there's a lot of uh i mean like what's the rest of that date what do you mean 60s 90s ad there's like a other not other that he means like no no the year sixty of the year 90. sixty oh, AD the year okay gotcha yeah, yeah sixty <laughs> AD so I don't, I don't want to confuse people but I was confused okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah no sixty AD late sixties AD is the general consensus on when Revelation was written and we'll get into why I believe that is the case it's as like well. year one is after death no right. No, <laughs> <laughs> we kind of we kind of associate year one with Jesus's birth, but the problem is Jesus was simultaneously born between four uh, four BC and six AD, depending on the scholarship that you go off of. And how how does that work? That that's a little confusing to me. Cause it is BC very confusing. supposed to be before Christ, <laughs> and this is the yeah, there is Christ before Christ. <laughs> so, uh, oh my God, <laughs> this goes into the historical context and why you know history matters and especially when it regards to religion um depending on the sources and the stories within the gospels themselves according to some of the gospel evidence it would suggest that christ was born in 4 bc and most scholars agree with that and then also some other parts of the bible put him at 6 a.d so if you want to look at biblical contradictions there's one for you right there it's jesus's birth (laughs) and death apparently yeah and death so it is, uh, but scholars agree it's in between those two years. So you got about 10 years of leeway. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, like I said, 1,990 years counting. Uh, and I can get you that from uh, uh, Jesus saying himself in Matthew that behold, I come quickly or the end, um, the time is at hand. And that's the reason why I ask is that when I say, hey, I'm going to be on my way soon. You certainly don't think of almost two millennia. Nope. <laughs> and uh, it further further goes to prove the point here in the first verse of Revelation. So allow me to read, quoting from my King James, Ber- uh, King James Version of the Bible. I am a terrible speaker, and I apologize in advance. All right, so 
1 of the book of Revelation. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him, to shew unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. Shortly. So it even says in the first verse that this is going to happen soon, y'all. Soon. And this was written in the 60s AD. So do we have historical record of what was going on at that time? Absolutely. And I'm glad you asked. (laughs) (laughs) So... And if you've ever, let me give context with the overall book of Revelation first. So Revelation, if anyone has ever read it, you'll notice that there is a lot of numerology within Revelation. Lots of, um, it's also the most Jewish of the New Testament. Oh, that's the uh, the reference to 666, right? Or 616, if you want to translate it properly. We'll get six into that. 616. And yeah. it's, it's uh, what I was learning was that's actually... In Hebrew, I believe there's uh, numbers mm-hmm. in their language. So it, it could actually be saying something. Nero. I'm sorry? Nero. Euro? Nero. Nero. Oh, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. 666, or translated properly, some debate, 616 is actually the numeric spelling for Nero. And we're going to get into that. Okay. We're going to get into that. Oh, I'm blowing his mind over there. <laughs> I thought numbers were bad enough when they was just counting. Now we spell <laughs> shits. What is... Ooh, am I allowed to cuss on here? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. It's cool. <laughs> your thoughts, man. Um, so we're going we're gonna to start in all to that. And there's a lot of stuff to unpack here. So like I said, um, coming quickly, Jesus said it himself. Um, this takes place around 60 AD, and the writer is John. This is not John the disciple. This is a Christian follower that was in exile at the time off the island of Patmos, which is near Turkey. And this is where he is writing it. And he says that in the book. He is off the island of Patmos in exile from the Roman Empire. All this happens during Rome. This is the time and reign of Nero. So he is the sixth emperor. If you count Julius Caesar, which most historians do, even though technically he was just the kind of transition into empire. Um, And that is actually in the book of Revelation itself. Again, we'll get into that in just a second. Um, Like I said as well, Revelation is the most Jewish of the New Testament books because it has a lot of references to numerology. It actually has a lot of comparisons between certain verses. Uh, This also actually gives you a description of Jesus in this book which is also can be found in uh, the verses Revelations one twelve. Well, it's like um, prophesizing, isn't it? In a way. Right. So I want everyone to picture Jesus. Can you angle the mic a little bit down? Yeah. There you go. So I want everyone to uh, picture Jesus. Uh, what, do you, what do you guys think? Uh, I mean, obviously we know from history he's not actually a white man. He would have been a brown man. That doesn't make any sense. Oh, unless you're Mormon. Mormon, he was white. <laughs> so just a, just a tidbit there. Um, so let's see. So if you're visualizing a white Jesus, that's historically <laughs> inaccurate. Yes, it is. It is, uh, it is very inaccurate. Uh, he would have been a brown man. There's no reason why a man in Galilee of that part of the world would have been white. Uh, I think people would have taken notice of that let alone a, uh, a preacher. Um, and even if he was, like, Greek white, he'd still be a little bit darker. Yeah, no, Greek, Greek. Uh, what are they, um, what's the term? 
I can't remember the Sorry, term. Sorry, I totally derailed you. <laughs> That's okay. But no, no, Greeks generally aren't um, generally aren't whites. They're more a little bit dark, kind of like how Italians are, like myself. Yeah. I'm so Italian. Italian. Kind of like bronze. Yeah. And good thing that you use bronze, because that is the descriptor of Jesus. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hmm. So here is the uh, description of Jesus from Revelations 1.13. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, seven is very important to the Jews. Again, this has a lot to do with numerology. In the midst of seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and a grit about his paps with a golden griddle. His head and his hairs were white like unwool, as white as snow. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet unto fine brass, or bronze, depending on the translation, um, as if they were burned in a furnace, and his voice is sound of many waters. Now, it's <laughs> this may actually the, be the first brass balls joke. I just want to put that out there, because depending on your translation of feet in the Bible, it can also mean genitals. So, Jesus, he's got some brass balls, guys. He's got some fucking brass balls. I also want to point out later on, uh, Jesus also has to be pretty freaking hung, because uh, in Revelation 19... On his thigh, another euphemism for genitals usually within the Bible, he has written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I don't know about you, that's a lot of words to put on a dick. So he's fucking hung. <laughs> Brass balls, huge dick. Go Jesus. Who else? What other God do you need? <laughs> but again, this yeah, is all I very... I want my God to have a big dick. You got to have a big dick God. Big you want, dick God. You want just a small dick God? You don't want that. No. Nobody wants that. No. You want, a, you want a bro science, God. <laughs> so, yes, as we're talking about, uh, numerology plays a huge part within, um, within the book of Revelation, and that does harken back to the Old Testament. And it's very likely that that was intentional because they were trying to gather in fellow Jews um, and Christians, Jews and Christians at this time. There wasn't really a huge divide yet. This is very, very early on where you have the start of Christianity. For example, at this time, Paul the Apostle is traveling around and preaching uh, about Jesus. He is, uh, he and Peter are in this time. Uh, they are in various places in Spain and whatnot, uh, preaching the gospel of uh, Jesus Christ. And all that can be found in the book of Acts, his, uh, his Acts throughout um, preaching and whatnot and his story. Again, that's Paul the Apostle who was Saul of Tarsus. Um, before he was a Christian, he claimed, claimed that he used to be against Jew or against Christians. He used to kill them. He used to persecute them. And then Jesus came down, knocked him out for three days, and he received a vision of Christ and now is a Christian. I heard, so. he, I heard Jesus drop kicked him right off his horse. Oh, right off his high horse. Mm. <laughs> he just knocked him out and he saw God. So, um, we, did he see God first or after? Mm, who knows? Hopefully it wasn't that dick. <laughs> <laughs> Which... So, yes, there is a historical context for everything that is going on here. And, you know, I want to advise other atheists from saying like, oh, there's no proof of anything in the Bible. That is not a true statement. That is, there, This is still a historical book and things happened here. Right. So, um like I was talking about with the similarities between Revelation and the Old Testament, um, Jesus' description right there, um, in the time of Cyrus the Great, another description was given um, 
very similarly. I won't go and read it, but you can go reference it. It's in the book of Daniel. Um, a book that almost didn't make it into the canonization, by the way. But a lot of, uh, lot of things that you can discuss there. So this took place during the Roman Empire, the persecution of the Jews. It was uh, a not great time to be a Jewish person or a Christian person. It was not, there was a huge, uh, there was the Jewish wars going on at the time. Uh, Nero had it in, um, made or, or persecution orders, basically pogroms against the Jewish people and the Christian people. The Romans didn't really differentiate between the two, and it was so early that you can't really tell a Jew from a Christian. So a lot of them were just persecuted to begin with. So during this time that you're facing these persecutions from a overlord like the Roman Empire and Nero, with all these wars going on, you might start thinking that the world is ending. And this is where we're going today. <laughs> so, as we continue through, um, the uh, Romans did destroy the Jewish temple, the Temple of Solomon, in the late in the 70s. So, where even was just, that located? It was in uh, Jerusalem. So, it was, uh, if, I, if I'm remembering correctly, geography is not my strong suit. So with everything going on and the wars, the famine, there was a huge famine going on at the time. Uh, the reason why the Jews and Christians were being persecuted was because of the great fire of Rome. Uh, Nero turned around and actually blamed it on the Jews and the Christian, and hence why they started being persecuted, causing war, causing famine. All this stuff building up, you're like, mm, the world's fucking ending, guys. The world's fucking ending. <laughs> and not only that, when Jesus said the time is at hand, and this only being about 30 years removed, if you go with the 60s date, you could probably see that. Yeah, yeah, he's coming back. He's coming back. Things are going to go down. So, <laughs> um, all that being said, in the historical context, yes, this stuff was happening. And that's where a lot of the imagery comes from. The seven-headed monster is Rome. The reason why you say that is because the seven heads are actually the seven hills of Rome. Rome is the city of seven hills. The crowns and um, the heads and everything like that, all that go together with the numerology. Um, it does say in the book of Revelation that, uh, you know, there has been uh, five kings. Um, one of them is and one is soon to come. And that references uh, the... Um, the emperors themselves, from Julius Caesar and onward to Nero, who is, and then after Nero, well, you start to get the fall of the Roman Empire, and emperor after emperor starts getting assassinated, so he, it says that one will come, but only be for a short while, so that historically puts it all in the 60s AD when all this is going on, and that's what they're talking about in the book of Revelation, because normally when people talk about the Revelation, they talk about, oh, the the beasts, uh, the Antichrist, um, the false prophet. Well, not the, so much the false prophet. That's kind of a so it, it thing. potentially is asserting the end of Rome, not the end of times necessarily. No, they are arguing that the end of times, but this is historically taking place in the '60s Rome. Hmm. So when people start referencing, "Hey, the end is coming," the end is coming, and this is the reason why this person's the Antichrist. The Antichrist was already here and his name was Nero. <laughs> that stuff has already passed. For the rest of the book and stuff like that, you can argue 
certain things have yet not happened, but that's more of the Jews than the Christians being like, you're going to get yours one day. Jesus is going to come back and he's going to take you guys out because you guys keep persecuting us and our world is ending. It's hugely just a giant death threat. This whole book is just a giant death threat in a sense. So, but what, uh, what the misconceptions are, you know, the, the idea of the antichrist and the idea of the false, false prophet, those are like two verses. Like in popular culture, those are huge iconic images when right. it comes to like end times, um, movies and books and stuff like that. The antichrist plays a huge part and everything like that. Um, yeah, when, uh, Bush was president, it was referenced. He's the antichrist or, mm-hmm. Probably even Obama, Trump, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, every no. president. I remember who was it that called Obama Belzebub because he had a fly on his lip and Belzebub is Lord of the Flies. <laughs> so therefore, he is the Antichrist. Yeah, it's it's literally that stupid sometimes, guys. It's literally that stupid sometimes. Um, so there, there's a lot of people that think of certain narratives, you know, uh, Satan coming back um, to rule over the world. That stuff is in there. The angels coming down and um, taking a third of the people. Uh, you guys, you guys are familiar with like the tribulation. You know the idea that a third of humanity will disappear, so that way the rest of the world can undergo judgment. Are you familiar with that concept? No. 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 So no, I don't think so. So um, it may be because you're Catholic or you grew up Catholic. It may be because of that. Um, is that something that was excluded or is? It's not, see, the problem not is, discussed. the issue is with it is that people say it's a thing, but in the Bible, it's not really a thing. It's referenced, but it does not say that a third of the population will just wipe off of earth. It's not really explained in there. I'm not sure exactly where it comes from. I'm sure it's some kind of uh, apologetics that a later historian or um, church member made. Like, for example, the visions of hell itself was from a nun in like the 14th century or something like that um the whole idea of all that um what happens when you die and all and it was just a fever dream of some nun that was written down um and then besides of course the apocalypse of peter so that the description of hell isn't in the bible no really Mm -hmm. there's not really a, a hell doesn't really exist in the bible there's reference to it and there's talk, especially within Revelation, of being thrown into the pit that has fire and brimstone. Um, there is actually a strange historical context with that, is that there was a, a fiery pit nearby that people used to reference. Uh, that's like a, basically like a garbage dump. Um, I can't remember exactly where the, uh, what the name was called. Um, but I, I was, it was one of the commentary I was listening to on it and apparently there is a fiery pit nearby that was just full of trash and the idea could have been like oh you get thrown in there you go to the junkyard when when you're a bad person (laughs) it could have been something as simple as that um i when we covered on our previous episode you know the ideas of the afterlife and everything like that within judaism and christianity uh this isn't something that's really been fully fledged out at this point uh and as we discussed previously before uh, in judaism the afterlife is more like waiting for the second coming. When you die, you go to the rest of the place of your fathers or a similar Greek idea of Hades where you just kind of go and exist and then you wait for the end, uh, for the end times so that you can be re- resurrected. 
Hades had fire, didn't it? I think it had the imagery of fire. I'm not uh, like I'm into Greek uh, mythology, but I'm not into it. Into it. Um, I think uh, part of the weird thing about Christianity is they adopted so many various aspects of other religions. Oh yeah, that's that's just natural. Mm-hmm. I mean, when uh, when Persia conquered Judea, they adopted a lot of their principles. When Rome conquered. Uh, the Jewish people again. They just took all the religions. And they, they they definitely borrow some. There's reformations that happen. Of course, the writings on that is kind of scant. You know, that, that's just the problem with history is that we have some writings, others we don't. We have a lot of oral traditions that just don't survive the test of time. They just get lost. So it's an unfortunate, um, it's just an unfortunate process with history. Uh, oh, another uh, another interesting kind of descriptor when Jesus comes back. Um, so when people say, you know, Jesus is coming, just want to let you know, Jesus will have a sword in his mouth. Not the most ideal place for a sword in my opinion, <laughs> but he will use it to uh, cut down the non-believers and whatnot. Well, I mean, I wouldn't well, say it's, it's not the most ideal. Haven't you seen one piece? <laughs> that, that is true. <laughs> He's Is it Zorro? Or, yeah. 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 <laughs> that uh, is true. The Zorro's Bible. Jesus, guys. Anime is real. <laughs> the, uh, I believe it's bible project or bible theory project or something like that uh the the descriptor of jesus having a sword in his mouth um couldn't that be like the pen is mightier than the sword kind of metaphor like, oh i'm sure it like you know could be metaphorized as like the word from jesus will cut through the non-believers right. and the sword is the signifier of that word i wouldn't be surprised but you know it's just that but the literal descriptor is is a very interesting way of portraying you gotta remember is that john the one that's writing this is being shown all this stuff so this is his revelation that was given unto him by an angel so he must have had a sword in his mouth (laughs) (laughs) so again not the most ideal place um i think we talked about previously that um about the hundred and forty four thousand that are actually going to be saved. That's where this number comes from. It's in the book of Revelation. The only a number of people that are going to be saved at the end of times is 144,000. That's it. And where did they get that number from? It's uh, the 12 of 12 of 12. The number 12 within Judaism and just like seven, again, it all goes plays back into numerology. And that's a very... Uh, important kind of number to them so 144,000 is just 12 of 12 of 12 well it, not necessarily like um 12 times 12 and then times a thousand so a thousand used to be kind of like how we would reference a billion because when you when you look back at 60 ad 144,000 people would be a lot of people that'd be a lot of people yeah, people were not living as long as they are now. Exactly. The global and population is way larger than yeah, it has been ever. We're, I mean, with that comment being said right there, that's one of the reasons why I find it so hard to believe that in the present day, people still cling to the Bible because it's like you got to realize these people did not live the longest lives. The oldest person maybe lived to be about 30 years old. You want to take advice from a generation of people like that? You need help. That's just my personal opinion. <laughs> Yeah, it's very rare that you see people living into their 60s unless you're a part of the aristocracy and or of the uh, religious class that had generally better living conditions than like the peasantry. So, but yeah, 144,000, that is where this number comes from. That is the amount of people that are saved. 
Now, when I talk to people like my father-in-law, who is a practicing Mormon, he believes that that's just a mistranslation or, you know, it's just a metaphor, which, you know, a majority of the people will compartmentalize these things as, oh, that's a metaphor or, oh, that's not exactly what it meant. Like rationalize it? They will rationalize it, yeah. But also, if you are a Jehovah's Witness or you know a Jehovah's Witness, they le- they literally believe in the 144,000. That is what they believe. Not a, not a person more. So kind of hard to be in a religion where like okay there's been billions of us so well, how far many, how many good people do you really think there are <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point only 144,000 weren't you listening yeah yeah. We're oh yeah yeah okay I know I can name them off right now yeah all, all of them <laughs> <laughs> um, and then a lot of people uh, will recognize the trumpets um, for the end times you know each of them signifying each next disaster each angel uh, this does actually give you a description of angels. I would much rather prefer rock music and our descent to hell. <laughs> Some heavy metal playing? Yeah. <laughs> Black Sabbath. Um, when you guys think of angels, what do you think of? Uh, the the traditional imagery of some, uh, like... The Nephilim? Nephilim. Like, a, like the little babies with the wings? I, <laughs> I, I imagine the white chick with the blonde hair and the the white garb with wings okay playing okay. a harp would you also agree with I that i would agree with that one yeah okay well, how about uh they are filled with eyes and all they do is sing glory 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 god is most holy glory 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 god is most holy that sounds much creepier <laughs> yeah that'd be terrifying to see and annoying as hell to hear <laughs> So when the angels come oh God, down, by the way, it's stuck in a loop. <laughs> that's essentially what it's going to be. I want to see that happen. How many times can it's you see that shit? It's just a floating eye that's talking to you. It's multiple eyes. It's just an eyeball monster. <laughs> so these, these are things. think of the squirrel from the Simpsons movie. Yeah. Yeah, essentially. It's just full of eyeballs and it sings. And that's all it does as it kills humanity. <laughs> that is fucking terrifying. <laughs> Again, this is a lot to do. We gotta make something out of this. <laughs> no, this has a lot like to an do. An animated series where this thing just takes people, like starts capturing them. <laughs> like I said, it's a, it's a lot of interesting imagery, um, and obviously, you know, somebody was on a bad trip when they wrote this. Several bad trips. Several bad Several trips, bad more trips. than likely. Well, there is that theory that. Uh, was it the stoned ape theory where the Bible was um, created out of like mushrooms or something? Well, there's always the analog with that. I mean, use of hallucinogens and religion go way, way back. I mean, you can look up out here in the southwest of the United States, the usage of peyote. Yeah. Within- peyote, San Pedro cactus, uh, uh, psilocybin mushrooms, all of that derived from Mexico coming up into mm-hmm. the uh, southwestern, Arizona, uh, not Arizona, uh, America. Mm-hmm. And we referenced that in the previous episodes, you know, where, you know, DMT. A type of a type of wine that would be used for sacrament, and then you eat something. Um, a lot of prophets before have been known to be on some kind of hallucinogen, like the, shrooms. The or something body like and that. blood of Christ is mushrooms. <laughs> it very well could have been some kind of bad mixture of wine could have could have made people start hallucinating. That is very possible. Um, Alcohol but, is usually derived from uh, wheat, right? Or it, it can be variable things. But beer. Beer. Yeah. Beer is maybe not wine. That's grapes. I don't know the process. I'm I not a winerer. I'm, I'm, I'm have whiny. my buddy Sam on here. 
I'm whiny, but I'm not a whiner. <laughs> um, yeah. So again, there's just there's so much things that people will talk about, and like you know, they're always claiming someone's the antichrist or right. uh, the the phrase um, "there will be wars and rumors of wars" as a sign of end times. Motherfucker, when has there not been a war? Yeah. <laughs> there will be plagues and famines. Motherfucker, when has there not been plagues and famines? <laughs> this is the natural human history that just happens we are not in the most best place we can only live on a small percentage of the earth some of the time unless it has severe winter storms and we can't live there or we have severe heat we need assistance like air conditioning to live here you know but this these things just happen um the other ridiculous things you know i can go on and on about all the ridiculous things that happen within the book of revelation uh it is said that the stars will fall from heaven anyone that knows astronomy that if a star falls on the earth um it won't get to us it will burn us and the world before it gets to us <laughs> that that's not going to happen uh it talks about multiple times that stars keep falling to the earth keep falling to the earth now you could say that's a translation of like oh it's a meteor or it's an um an asteroid it's like okay well if you want to get into hey that's a mistranslation that now subjects the whole book to wonder what is a correct translation, what isn't. Right. So are we using metaphors? Or are we not using yeah. metaphors? Is this literal? Is that the slippery slope you want to take? Because if we do, we're going to have to question everything. So be careful with where you pick your words. Um, the trumpets start sounding. So start stuff starts to happen. I just randomly started hearing trumpets, guys. <laughs> right, do you or remember? like a certain sect of like eyeball angels who are just sitting there somehow playing trumpets. I just, I picture glory, smooth glory, jazz. Glory to God. I can dig that. <laughs> <laughs> you just got glory, glory. Yeah. <laughs> um, Some funky glory. I want a barbershop quartet of eyeball monsters now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, Antichrist comes. The false prophet is supposed to come to make everyone worship the Antichrist. Again, all this stuff, if you actually read the book of Revelations, it would only take you about an hour to do so. It's a very short book. Um, they're only like two verses. It really only talks about these things for like two verses. There is a woman that comes down uh, clothed in the sun with the, uh, the moon at her feet who gives birth to a child. And as soon as that child is born... A dragon rises up out of the bottomless pit. Don't know how do you rise out of something bottomless, but hey, that's just a, it's just a writing error. It's been a long time coming, that's all. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, like, just looking down at a black pit, something comes up. It's referenced as a bottomless pit. I mean, so. if, it's, if it's just black pit, you can't see the bottom, but something com- coming out of it, that would make sense. Yeah, yeah, imagery, imagery. Yeah. Literal versus imagery. I just like to expand and point out this is kind of stupid. You just want to make it literal, Ryan. <laughs> hey, man, there's biblical literalists out there, all right? 144,000, exactly to the number. <laughs> um, that dragon is supposed to be Satan. It says that it's the devil. Um, a lot of people use this verse uh, when in regards to the, uh, the dragon. It says it was that old serpent. They hearken that back to Adam and Eve, saying that serpent was the devil, which... If you read general, uh, if you le- read Genesis, it does not say it's the devil. It's just a snake. So, but people use a book written likely thousands of years later by someone else in a different language to say, oh yeah, that old serpent, you know, that guy, Fred, that fucking slithery bastard, that's Satan. So 
Um, and uh, the analog is that uh, the man born or the baby born who was described as a man child, maybe it's Trump. <laughs> uh, described as a man child. You just um, lost a bunch of people. Oh, I know. Our <laughs> listenership just went down so much. I mean, we were already losing uh, Christians, but yeah, we, we lost the evangelical Trump supporters. Oh, dude, we're, gonna, we're never going to recover. We'll never monetize. Oh, that man. was the majority of our audience. That was a hit. We're <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> we're just losing them more and more. <laughs> every everywhere you turn, left and right, well, what else can we make people turn away from us from? Um, the yeah the the imagery again is just it's so you don't hear about this stuff. Like again, when I brought up the fire breathing Jews, the fire breathing Jews are the two people that will go around um, testifying of Jesus's return. So when you start seeing people, two people going around the world, teaching people about Jesus and anyone who attacks them, they get lit the fuck up by fire. Uh, those are the fire breathing Jews. Just want to heads up on that. Watch out for that. Surely that's been around if this is the end times, right? What could that be a metaphor of? Oh, if you're looking at it from a metaphorical perspective. Well, you seem to be looking at it literally and well, I'm the, looking at it metaphorically. <laughs> yes. Yes. And that's because I want to, contrast the sorry excuse me but like fire breathing uh, isn't that like a a saying Um, well it also goes on to say that they will burn the people that attack them like it will destroy them right but also burning people in common uh what, what is it layments or whatever uh like burning like dissing them you know I don't know if that was a term used in the probably not but <laughs> back in back when this was written, but maybe. But hey, like, I, don't know. Uh, I think fire breathing and burning those together, like denouncing things. I don't think that's a new thing. I don't know. Well, Keep going. also saying that it's, it, it'll destroy them too. This this fiery breath will destroy them. Um, the the crazy eyeball monsters the uh, scorpion horse locusts um that um there's very few i actually listened to a podcast called god awful movies i'm not sure if you guys are familiar with it they review just basically christian films and make fun of them <laughs> it's actually quite entertaining podcast to listen to um so god many awful movies yeah it's god awful movies um the scathing athe- it's uh, the scathing atheist crew i listen to them um and a lot of the themes is, you know, obviously the apocalypse genre, because that's so, so cornerstone to the Christian belief system. It scares people into it. Yeah. And um, I think only one or two have brought up the scorpion horse locusts. It's just something that you don't. So there was like a visual representation of these things in that movie? In the Bible. Oh, Uh, in in the movie, you, you see like a shadow that like flies around and then it gets somebody. No. Yeah, it, they, they're not going to... I don't think they had the budget to make a, a scorpion, horse, locust with the face of a woman, a chest plate, and a helmet because that's what's described in the book. <laughs> I'm not joking. Just go read it. It's in there. I don't think I want to after that one. <laughs> Understandable. Understandable. Um, by the way, if it stings you, um, you will be in pain for five months. It says specifically for five months. Uh, you will wish to die, but you can't. So this thing also makes you immortal for whatever fucking reason. <laughs> yeah. So you can't go to heaven? 
Well, the thing is that heaven's not even referenced in this part of the book here. They, we get to the fire and brimstone pit at the end, but there's no, there's no heaven. No. Wait, so what happens after the fifth month? Like, do you just keel over and die, or does the pain just go away? Uh, I believe it, I don't believe it kills you. I think you're meant to suffer, I, I... Eternally. Uh, no, it, it is for the five months. <laughs> <laughs> to the day you're just sitting there like, oh, I want to fucking die, I can't. Fucking immortal. <laughs> try to kill myself five times already. No, you, you try to kill yourself on month six, like day one, and it actually works. <laughs> um, yeah, you just go straight to hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think they don't die. I think you're still there, suffering with everybody. Uh, but if one of these uh, scorpion horde locusts get you, um, you're just in pain for and suffering for five months. And that actually might tie into something that happened historically within uh, the Jewish people, Christian people during this time frame. Uh, I believe it was the famine that lasted five months. So there might be the analog there with that as well. Again, this does tie back into history. Um, Interesting enough, we do get some names of angels in this book. This is where we start to hear, you know, other than... um, uh, other popular angels like Gabriel, for example, uh, we hear of uh, Michael, the angel Michael that actually does war with Satan later in the book. Um, and then we have a kind of, I don't know, a supervisor, <laughs> apparently, if you will, that supervises over these uh, uh, horse locusts and the uh, angel monsters. Um, he's uh, His name is Abaddon. And I think uh, all those angels need a supervisor because they have about a non issues. So that was a pun. <laughs> Abandonment issues. And I my speech doesn't make a very good time with the uh with the joke delivery. It'll forever be my hindrance. Didn't uh, land. Sorry. No, I tried it. I tried it. It's okay. I suck at comedy too. <laughs> it's really my speech that slows <laughs> me down. Um Yeah, the so much just so much happens. And People don't people don't see these things for what they are. It's just relatively the pop culture stuff, and that's really it. When we could be facing actual issues, I mean, people were making this uh, saying, and most this would probably be the most ideal time to claim it's the end times is post World War Two, or sorry, post World War One, because after World War One, you have just everything in just shambles. Right. After that, you also have uh, the Spanish flu that hits after World War One, so it wipes out a huge portion of the population as well after World War One that already killed so many people. There's already some tensions growing. Another war could be coming when then World War Two happens, obviously. But that would probably be, if, if someone were to say like, hey, this is the fucking end times right here in the early 1900s, I think that'd be a, a good place to place it. Uh, but here in 2020, what you would have to then believe and I don't think the evangelicals would like this, is that Trump would be the Antichrist, given the story narrative. I don't think they're ready to accept that. <laughs> you know, I was actually drawing those parallels. We were going <laughs> through the story earlier, I'm just like, oh, shit. It's all happening right now. <laughs> yeah, and, and those people who tend to be sympathetic to this view that do think it's the end times, I mean, I've seen several right-leaning people just on Facebook sharing these sympathies, is that, hey, if that's true, you realize that Trump's the Antichrist right now, right? You sure you want to make that argument? Because I think that's your guy. (laughs) Um, 
Yeah, but there's there's uh, anything else you want to expand onto that? So, it, do you have like any favorite uh, verses from this chapter? Really, I mean, the most ridiculous thing is the scorpion horse locust, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> that is the. That, it, it certainly is an interesting visual. Yeah, growing up Christian, and um, I was actually terrified of the world ending in 2012. I was completely convinced that that was going to happen. In 2012, really? Yeah, the Mayan calendar bullshit. Right. Yeah. But, I, like, we were, like, 16, 17. I think we're younger than that. No, no. We, were, we were in high school. Yeah. I only remember that because I was actually uh-huh. at a track meet that same day. And we the whole track meet just stopped. And everyone just started looking up in the sky like, nothing's <laughs> happening. Are we going to die right now? Oh, no. It was when I was I started to learn about it and I was being scared. It was oh. back in middle school. Yeah, 2012 happened in my, high school. Sorry. My band, Elena Avenue, wrote a song the next day. And we called it The Day After the World Ends. Okay. That's a good end. Yeah. The... Uh, I was convinced that that was going to happen. Poor little old Ryan. Just terrified that the world was going to end. So I decided to pick up the book of Revelation. Because, you know, even when I was growing up as a Christian, we would talk about some things in church. We'd talk about the end of the world and, you know, how you need to repent. Jesus is coming back. The time is at hand. After all, that's what he said over 2,000 years ago, or almost 2,000 years ago. <laughs> it makes me think of the uh, the Christians that, like, walk around Mill saying, like, you're going to go to hell and like carrying that cross and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, do you, do you know, do have you read this? Are you sure about that? <laughs> or we've all been waiting, bud. We've all been waiting. <laughs> I mean, shouldn't they like not be judging people anyway? I feel like that's a very judgmental thing to do. So here's the thing that um, I do see often that people will kind of, especially people that, you know, are a little bit more liberal Christian and whatnot. They, they tend to be accepting of gay people. You know, they're, um, they're not racists or anything like that. When you actually do read the Bible, it is not favorable to that kind of... It's very clear in this book. Old Testament or New? Both. Both. Yeah. Even, even Jesus himself. Um, so if you wanted to say if it's unchristlike to insult people, Christ did it himself to a Canaanite woman when she was begging for her daughter to be driven from demons. And he calls her a dog and says that she has to... She basically has to beg at his feet and then he's like, oh, okay, you're doing a good job. I'll go ahead and I'll cure your daughter now. But first he insults her. And it's it's not a good look. <laughs> I rescind my earlier statement. <laughs> um, racism is pretty huge. Uh, Jesus makes it, even in this book again, it makes it clear that we are only here for the Jews and the tribes of Israel. That that's that's the, I don't know whether or not Christians realize it, but they are a sect of Judaism. I know they've tried really hard to kind of separate themselves from that, but they are still Jewish in their belief structure. I think both religions would disagree with that. Yeah, they do. But it's not true. <laughs> if you're when you, you got have, the same God, guys. Yeah, yeah even the uh, Muslims. Yeah, same Abrahamic God. religions. It's all Abraham. They just uh, it's one of the sons that splits off, and that's where uh, Islam comes from. So, but otherwise, most of the Old Testament, all three religions agree on. Of course, Christians will be like, "Oh yeah, that was a, that was an analog for Jesus, or that so was predicting Jesus." Same area and same time in history. Well, Islam comes later, with Muhammad. Muhammad, I think, is in the eight hundreds, so that comes well, well later. Um, and then, of course, <laughs> Mormonism also parrots off of that. Like, what was the meme? It's like uh, it had the Star Wars. Um, movies but it was each sequel 
and Mormons were like Christians in space because you get your own planet if you're a good if you're a good Mormon. <laughs> so, but it all it does harken back to the same God, same belief system. Uh, Muslims see Jesus as a prophet. They just don't say he's the um, um, the anointed one. What's what's the actual translation? The Messiah. There we go. The Mashiach. They they don't see him as the Messiah, um, but he is a prophet. They do recognize him as a prophet. Um, Christians will claim like, oh, you guys don't believe Jesus was a prophet. I'm like, no, they do. They just don't believe he's the son of God. They don't believe he's the Messiah. So, um, but no, again, all same religion. They all hearken off of one another. Um, I think we derailed somewhere off of that though. Probably. <laughs> what about you, Leonard? Is it? I'm just along for the ride at this point. I'm just learning so much. <laughs> the, the, um, yeah, I, I didn't have much on this topic. Yeah, it, it's a short book. So basically what I wanted to do was being able to splinter off of like what the Bible actually says versus what people believe. And a huge thing, especially being 2020 and people thinking that the end of the world is coming. Um, if you actually read the book of Revelation. Is that why you were singing It's the End of the World? Yes, that, that's, that's why. <laughs> it's the end. I just of... got that now. <laughs> Damn, bro, what are we at? 30 minutes in? <laughs> oh, 50. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so it, it, it's when people say the end is nigh, they don't, they don't really understand what it means. It doesn't even come anywhere close to what the books say. Um, you know, when even at the very, very end, um, at the last page of Revelation, John says that uh, all this is shortly to be done, which again would hark it back. This is going to happen soon, y'all. This is going to happen soon. And I love, um, I love one of the uh, quotes given from another podcast I used to listen to for the Book of Mormon, the My Book of Mormon podcast. Uh, the host, David Michael, shares the story of his son that was talking to his grandmother, so David's mother. Um, and she's apparently a big Christian. He's obviously an atheist and his son is kind of, you know, not really religious, of course. So when he was talking to his grandma, he's like, grandma, it's been 2000 years. I don't think he's coming back. <laughs> <laughs> and that's really the, the sympathy that I kind of feel, especially when you take in the historical context that this is talking about Rome. This is talking about Nero. So have you talked to Christians who legitimately believe in this story? In Not this, yet. This one specifically? Uh, well, I, sorry, let me, let me rephrase I feel that. like a lot of the association with Revelation specifically, those people are usually like actually crazy. Or, I, they're, like, they're, they're religious. Not, they're, they're not, I wouldn't say crazy. That's the <laughs> Well, like... They could be fervent about their religious beliefs, but I, I wouldn't say crazy. I feel like that gives a wrong demeanor to them. Well, not, I mean, nobody's really crazy, or everybody's crazy, depending on. Yeah. yeah. But, like, I guess, like, really, really literally believe this. And I don't think generally people do. They believe some kind of version of it, and again, it ha I think it has more influence with the pop culture references and the movies and the stories that you're taught in church. Because again, when you actually go read this stuff, it's completely different. I mean, it could also have something to do with like where you're at in life. Because I know that there are a lot of people who 
are Christians now that weren't necessarily that way when they were younger and they had some kind of like reconversion experience that oh, yeah. kind of forced them into it. So. Yeah. No, I, I think I brought up in one of the last episodes that I was uh, reconverted and saved at the age of 14. Uh, and I felt, you know, like Jesus had saved my soul. I had uh, what the Mormons call the burning in the bosom, um, that this was true and this is uh, this is the way to go. And I was Christian there for a few years and then that kind of deteriorated. <laughs> and hence we are right here now. <laughs> Wait, so what was it like before? Before I was a Christian or before, where, where, what are we talking about? So elaborate a little bit what it was like before, like you you didn't believe then you got reconverted and then the fall of that <laughs> so um what i'd like to say is that i grew up religious but we were not practicing so you can, oh, okay so it's like you knew about it but then you you started going to church we or when i was younger we did go to church um and then by the way i just remembered the name from the previous podcast the snake dancers there's those are pentecostals so we went to a Pentecostal church in Apache Junction one time, and they brought out the snakes. And my dad was like, fuck this shit, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> he, got, he stood up, got my mom. We got the fuck out of there. Oh, God, she, they're bringing out snakes. Because <laughs> <laughs> they were like, yeah, this is good church service and whatnot. And then they brought out the dancing snakes. And devil nope. worshipers. <laughs> and that, that also, um, I think we talked about that in the last episode. The reason why these people dance with snakes is because of a mistranslation that's actually in Matthew. Um, it was not originally in the Bible. It was added in later by someone else that's saying that if you get bit by any poisonous thing, it will not hurt you, and that's a test of your faith. Oh, God. <laughs> so that's the reason why they dance with snakes. By the but way, that's actually not an uncommon thing in um, shamanic cultures, though. So. Oh, yeah. No, you, you, um, I mean, even just uh, you have trials by. Um, trials by fire, for example, um, right, like if you're walking faith, on coals, or, yeah, that kind of thing, or you hold something really hot and if it doesn't burn you, it shows your faith. There's a specific, um, indigenous tribe, I think in South America that has you get stung by bullet ants. Yep. Yep. I remember that. I think I remember seeing like a discovery channel special on that or yeah. something like that. Um, so yeah, there, there's always these trials kind of things. It's not just significant to Christianity. Um, and yeah i remember doing shit like that as a kid like just to prove my masculinity too yeah yeah toxic masculinity yeah yeah we've all done something stupid like that i'm sure yeah. um but yeah no that was the last time we went to church was after that pentecostal experience uh, again those preachers by the way a lot of them do get bit and die so i guess they weren't that faithful <laughs> uh so, God save me. <laughs> uh, that was the last time we went to church, and then I started going again in middle school. Um, I went to uh, the Living Word, which is a three-dome church up off like Valvest and the 202. Uh, people call it the Triple Nipple Church because it's just three gigantic domes. Yeah, I think I've seen that one. Yeah, yeah, it's up there. It's it's hard to miss. Um, and that's where I got my saving experience. So before that, I was so like... Was it like euphoria when you felt like you oh, yeah. had God inside of mm -hmm. you? Phrasing. Phrasing. <laughs> Yeah, with so, his bronze cock. Mm, no, it was his bronze balls, <laughs> balls. big cock that has uh, Lord of Lords. King, you don't think Kings the balls match the cock? Um, what if it didn't? It's white. <laughs> Mormon cock. The, the only white part about Jesus. <laughs> and there went the rest of the, the religious fan base. Right there. <laughs> there they go. 
Bye bye. <laughs> no, um, is anybody still watching? <laughs> is anybody still watching? <laughs> it's there's so many different things that I, I mean I've gone into it before with uh, what happens in the Bible versus what people believe, and it, it, I can it's an endless topic that I can go on really. Uh, but yeah, when it comes, that's why to, we're on part three. Yeah, that's why we're on part three. And we'll probably do more because there's There's so so much. much. There's so much to talk about. There's so much. Is there anything you guys want to, anything else you want to know about? Well, I I want you to finish the story. Okay, so do you want to, okay, so my experience growing up was, you know, religious, but not really practicing. I had my saving moment and you kind of want to know my fall on that or. Well, describe a little bit about what, what it felt like when you were faithful and then how it devolved. So when I was a practicing Christian and I went to church every weekend, uh, we had to go on Saturdays because my parents worked on Sundays. So there was a teen night that I used to go to. It was an hour of service, and then it was a few hours until midnight, do whatever the fuck you want. They had video games there. They had a rock wall. They had a bunch of other stuff. It was, it was a good time. Um, when I was a practicing Christian, you know, I'd go up. I'd do the, the praise and worship, you know, with the sing-along songs. Um, I did crack open the bible and try to read some of it i remember going to church and like youth groups were always fun oh yeah super fun and the sense of the community was always nice but like when it got into the actual religious aspect i was like i'm not into this (laughs) i was into it these kids are into it i don't like this (laughs) (laughs) no i was i was interested in it and i mean even remembering back to my my childhood days and young teen days um, i would talk to my friends about the bible and stuff like that um, I had one atheist friend growing up, growing up, and I used to like kind of smack him around with it a lot. Like, yeah. bro, like, you, you don't change. believe in God? Yeah, yeah. I used to. I, I don't know if I I can be your friend. I was still his friend, but I would be like, oh, yeah. dude, you got to change your mind, man. You're gonna go to hell. I, I used to be that kid, so um, I did believe it, and I was into it. Like I said I did have that saving experience. I, I I felt so euphoric in that moment when my pastor prayed for me that I was crying in front of everybody. So I did really feel a connection there. Now, as an atheist now, looking back on it, I can contribute that to just more of being in a sense of attention on me, in a sense of a surety, and all that acceptance kind of thing would be enough to just, you know, be an emotional moment and bring you to tears. So I don't ascribe anything spiritual to that. Oh, Oh, damn, darkness. Always getting darkness. (laughs) Oh, the light went out, so he's... uh... Um, We do have one more battery but we're coming up on an hour so okay yeah <laughs> hang in there <laughs> uh we actually have a battery right there if you want to swap it out real quick it's in that box they're all charged and then so yeah uh, that was kind of my experience uh being a religious person now for the fall this is this is the one thing that sounds so trite and uh, like just it is a legitimate reason though uh so my sister was uh she died of cancer i, I know how how trite i can i can already hear the christians being like oh you had a family member die didn't you that's what made you an atheist it was the stepping stone but it wasn't what made me an atheist wait is that something that christians usually assert oh, yeah. really oh, yeah. if you watch a christian movie i would the, i would think it's the opposite no no if you watch a christian i could see movie, people like really thinking about death and converting themselves to be religious because that they... usually actually happens when they have a child 
they get more religious as soon as they have a kid because you know, they're thinking about their kid's death and they want their their well, kid to have they these moral be a, values. Yeah, they want to have they want their kid to grow up with moral values, so they think that they can only get that through the church, and that's when they start driving and going back to church. Um, but no, for if you watch, like I said, any uh, a Christian movie, the atheist character or the non-believing character is usually an atheist because mom died of cancer. Oh, so they're cynical. Yeah. So like, oh, and I hate God because they took my family member, kind of. Gotch. Okay. That's yeah. the that's the kind of mentality there, which is kind of stupid because you're not an atheist if you're mad at God. Yeah. You can't be mad at something that you don't think exists. That's not how that works. <laughs> So, but no, my, my sister was diagnosed with cancer and she, uh, she battled that. Um, I remember seeing my mother pray, uh, just completely in tears, hoping that my sister got better. And of course she didn't. She died months later. And of course, when I was seeing her cry, begging God, and I was like, you know, why would a, why would a benevolent God do that? This isn't something now granted, I can already hear the oh, problem of evil uh, Adam and Eve, original sin, that's kind of the counter arguments to all that stuff. And I can go on forever on why that's stupid. But, um, that is the, that is the first stepping stone that did not make me an atheist. I was still a believer at that time. I still believed that my sister went to heaven at that time. I was not an atheist, but it did start to get me to question. I don't think everything I've been taught about this benevolent being is true. If this is what's happening. So, Fast forward, you know, I didn't get comfortable with the atheist term until probably my senior year of high school. So yeah. that's when I started getting more comfortable with that. And on previous episodes, I kind of went into what I mean by atheist. I'll give a short little just definition here. A, not of, theist belief in a, like a religious belief, a deity, a power, a greater power. So a theist, not of, uh, religious belief in a deity. I just don't have one. So somebody can call that as an agnostic. I don't see them as mutually exclusive. You can be an agnostic agnostic atheist. Those are completely compatible. Um, Certainty is is not useful to me because to check the whole universe to try to see if there is a God is kind of useless. I think by definition, we should see things if uh, he does exist and he just simply doesn't. I do not see these examples. Uh, There are certain claims that would have to be true if there was a God. But here in science, I mean... I've shared it many times before, you know, like uh, geology disproves the flood, neurology uh, disproves the soul. You know, there's a few just different realms of science that these things are not compatible with. We don't have any evidence, at least. And something that you cannot have evidence for is is indifferent from not existing. So if you can't show it, you can't say you know it. And that's where I kind of come from on that. So, but growing up, know that was just the kind of decline going down from there um and then i started you know listening to atheist talks um christopher hitchens one of my favorite four horsemen of uh atheism is just such a joy to listen to as such a witty witty person such a such a well-spoken individual the shame that he also died of cancer he got esophageal cancer and died I would love, I would love to hear his take on Trump nowadays. I would love to see that. Who were the other three? Of the, uh, the four horsemen. Mm-hmm. So you had Daniel Dennett, Christopher Hitchens, Sam Harris, and Richard Dawkins. Okay. Those were the quote unquote I, four horsemen. I've listened to quite a bit from Richard Dawkins and Sam Harris. Yeah. And I, a little bit from Christopher Hitchens, but not that much. I highly recommend Hitchens. Hitchens is just such a fun 
just such an elegant person to hear speak. I mean, it helps that he has like a British accent <laughs> or not a British accent, some kind of European accent. Yeah, I've heard, I've for sure listened to some of him. Mm-hmm. Um, his book, uh, "Good God is Not Great," is a good book. Um, God is not great. Yeah, yeah, it's a good read. I, I highly recommend him. Richard Dawkins, the atheist community, has kind of based ourselves from a little bit. I mean, he is an atheist and a prominent atheist. Good on him. Um, he can also be, you know, sexist and uh transphobe and whatnot it's he's a little bit militant yeah i I still disagree with the word militant when it comes to belief systems because it's the approach ain't nobody killing anybody over that well i mean (laughs) militant has a certain certain vestige a certain kind of imagery that i don't agree or confrontational like we're having a discussion we can have different perspectives on religion the way that Dawkins goes about it is like, you can't believe this. Well, he actually gives up uh, a kind of diagram of where you can be on the religious spectrum. Oh, really? Um, yeah, and that's in his book. Um, well, the issue is I haven't read any of his books. I've only watched <laughs> okay. speeches from him. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, in The God Delusion is his book, which, I mean, I guess you can say right there. That's a pretty hefty book right there, just based on the name. But you know. Probably out of all of them. All, all of them. All of them. All of them. The only book that I read is Waking Up by Sam Harris. Yeah, Sam Harris is a joy to listen to as well. I haven't dove into any of his recent stuff, nor do I listen to his new podcast, Waking Up, uh, but I've heard good things about it's, uh, it. It's actually making sense now. Oh, it's making sense now? Yeah, he he changed the name. <sighs> Rebranding. Stupid. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why he did that. I don't know. I haven't listened to it. Shift into like a more political kind of podcast, I think. Um yeah anything else you want to close up on here i know we're coming up close on an hour we're past an hour oh we are past an hour hour at this point (laughs) an hour and five so yeah just to close up everything uh read the book of revelation if you think uh the end times are coming um i will it'll definitely sway your view (laughs) oh i think you're gonna mostly come out of it looking like what the fuck did i just read (laughs) i mean if anything from everything that i heard today and just watching the current social events it seems like the book of revelation is more just like a social reboot like we're gonna go through the same cycle of shit and then everything's just gonna reset and then we start the cycle all over again if that makes sense yeah i mean historically speaking i mean we're gonna see the next fall of rome here yeah that's what's oh god are we in rome um, all all oh, roads yeah. lead to Rome, so I think we will. <laughs> Every empire falls. All right. Well, mm. we'll end it on death again. <laughs> Such a lighthearted. Yeah. I mean, doesn't everything end on death? Death at one point. Everything's got to end, guys, and that's the end of this episode. <laughs> Tyler, thank you again for having me. Yeah, of course. Thanks for being on back to back. Yeah two episodes in a row so this will be five total uh check out the other two episodes uh religion with ryan part one and two we also did a conspiracies episode and uh we should have one coming out called um did you name it already i did i totally forgot what it's called though was um, it 20 i know it's 20 something 2020 2020 uh it's it's about predictions of 2020 which, if you're listening to this, you should have listened to the other one already. It's actually after, because we filmed it before the election, so you'll you'll likely see both of these after the election. Yeah. 
Uh, to find more content like this, check us out on YouTube. We've got a variety of videos. We've got a website. Uh, it's uh, yourthoughtspodcast.com. Uh, we have a Patreon. Please support our uh, Patreon. It, it greatly helps this production continue. Um, you can check us out on Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, uh, Stitcher, Apple. Yeah. Thank you guys for watching. Thank and you. thank you, Leo. Thank you, Ryan. Absolutely. Not a problem. Thank <laughs> you.